I thought you played pretty well last season. Whenever you're quarterback, like, and yeah. the team's not doing great, it's you'll always get flag and get heat. Yeah. That's just in the nature of the beast, right? You know, like, you had a, personally, I thought, a pretty good season. Like, did you feel that way? Like, obviously, the wins, that you didn't get the wins you wanted, but. Yeah. I think the, the craziest thing is, like, there's five games, there's one possession games. Yeah, exactly. And there's five plays you want back in each in each mm-hmm. game. That could be the difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's kind of what I've took with me from that season. And you no know, nobody want like nobody goes into a season like we're gonna you go six and seven. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Like nobody thought that, nobody pushed for that, no, that wasn't at all. But I would just say with how close we were, you live on the right side of it. The conversation is totally different. And there's two games, you know, I end up, you know, being injured and sitting yeah. out for, but the five games I did play in, there's one position games, and like I said, we got to live on the right side of it. Uh, for me, it was an average year, you know, because I know there's so much more that we left on the table, but I think, you know, you, you take a perspective of of that, you know, the, there's so much growth that we can make, and I think that it was my focus going into yeah. going into spring. There's DG, Sooner quarterback, talking about last year a little bit. Um, looking forward and, yeah, uh, one possession games, handful of plays that you'd like to have back. And, yes, he is correct. Had a couple of those things gone a little bit differently, those five plays, the conversation would be totally different. But for me, it's less about that and more about, well, it really shouldn't have ever even been in that position with a lot of those teams. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, West Virginia is – yeah, that's that's the law. Yes, it was a one possession loss, and DG said it. There's five of those a year ago, but I just that West Virginia loss I still can't get over. The Tech loss I still can't get over, and the yeah. lead that you blew in that game. Well, you know, it, it's unfortunately this is just how it is. Uh, bad teams lose tight games. You know, we say it a lot about man. Look, just a couple of one-possession games. This is a good football team. You know, they've, they're they tough. They're hard to beat. But, you know, they just they don't win. That's what you say about, like, mediocre teams, teams that can never get over the hump. Like, that's not who we are. And I'm not suggesting that he's saying we are, right? I mean, I think he's, he's looking at it the right way, approaching it the right way. Um, but the real thing is, is we don't, we don't need to be in a position where just uh, a handful of plays are going to be the deciding factor I against agree. 500 football teams. I agree. Uh, left, you know? Lefties make excuses. That's from the 405 on the text line. Sean says, so if we had recovered an onside kick with 15 seconds left, or if the Baylor running back hadn't taken a knee going into the end zone, are those two of the five plays? Uh. I don't know. Probably. Point is, I don't think there, it does any good to, to hammer Dylan Gabriel. you got to understand like how a player approaches things. They don't look at it like fans do. 
you know, they're trying to find positives and look for, for reasons to to continue to grind and be better. And But, you know, again, like, we should we should look at games like a conference championship perhaps or a New Year's Six bowl game or a playoff game and say, like, not that it's okay, but th- those are the type of games that you look at and say, we're a handful of plays away, right? Not Tech, West Virginia, but that's – that's not typically how you do. And again, like that's the player's way of viewing things. I, and I understand that. Totally get it from being having been on that side of it. Uh, he's not trying to justify it. He's not trying to. It's not really making an excuse. It's just. It's more of a, a mantra. Like that's how it gets coached. Is like just look how how different your entire schedule would be, or your your record would be if. You just handled the small details. That's why we're constantly pressing on the details. It's not to try and make an excuse of, of what happened last year. Big 12 overreactions, according to CBS. Um, we're really just going to stay on OU, Texas, maybe Oklahoma State here, but I'll read the rest of the league just to give you an idea. Uh, these are overreactions for each team. Baylor, the defense is fixed. Tough year defensively last year. They think it's going to be better this year. Okay. BYU, the defensive transition will take time. UCF, the Knights are ready. Cincinnati, the defense isn't going anywhere. So a lot of defensive themes so far here. Houston, the offense will be a mess. These are really hit or miss overreactions so far, aren't they? Um, Iowa State, the offensive line is ready to thrive. KU, the Jayhawks will have the best running trio in the Big 12. Talking about their, you know, Jalen Daniels along with their running backs. K-State, how do you say it? Ben Sino is a superstar in the making. They're tied in. Yeah. OU, the Sooners don't have receivers. Basically saying uh, Oklahoma doesn't have the receivers to run this system well. Jaleel Farouk and Drake Stoops are the only returning receivers on the roster with more than 100 yards receiving last season. And the duo combined for just 11.3 yards per catch. Saying no one stepped up. Uh... And that star role during the spring, and even if the defense improves, the offense just won't be explosive enough to uh, compete for the Big 12 unless a major addition is on the way. What do you think about that overreaction? Uh, I agree with everything, except the offense won't. What, what was it? Unless be explosive enough to compete for the Big 12, unless a major addition is on the way. Yeah, I agree with everything except for that, the major addition thing. Um, I know that's the new thought process, which I hate, is that, well, if you don't have anyone, you better go get someone. It's such a, that's such a pathetic way of viewing things. Right, we have, and I agree, I there's no one there, and I agree that no one stepped up during spring. And I agree that offensively we're not going to be explosive unless that happens. I agree with all that. But I don't agree that you just go get someone. I mean, we've, we've made some additions, but you have to develop the players that you have. 
I know no one cares about that because it it takes a little bit longer. But you got to develop guys. Yeah, you can make some additions here and there, but if the majority of your team are not guys that you've developed, I think you're asking for trouble. Yeah, and, and hey, maybe they get Jordan Tyson, and maybe he's their number one wide receiver. But I, who's Jordan Tyson? He is. God, you got to keep up with the portal, dude. He's the CU transfer we talked about last week. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, several yeah, yeah, times. Have you ever heard yeah. of Brennan Thompson? You ever heard of him? Well, yeah, and I we added him, and you know, I think that he used to play at Texas. I think he's a guy that could, you know, maybe do something for you. He's explosive. He's a- absolutely a-, a burner. But, I mean, we got, like, still the most talented guy of all those people, even in- anyone that you include in the transfer portal, if- unless you make an addition, it's Nick Anderson. And it really ain't close. Like, we- Nick Anderson just needs to get healthy, develop, and go make some plays. Oklahoma State, a crash is coming. So, golly, these are like seriously one way or the other. Biggest loser of the transfer portal after losing essentially their entire offense. Five of their top six receivers, two of its top rushers, Spencer Sanders, all of that. They think a, a crash is coming for Oklahoma State. Here's Texas. Quinn Ewers will play like a first-round NFL draft pick. So, I should have seen this coming. With the, uh, the the overreaction takes, OU will not compete for the Big Twelve. Texas will play like a will have a first rounder at quarterback next year. Well, That's pretty consistent with most uh, thoughts across the the nation on those two teams. It is, um, it is. Quinn Ewers was, you know, not. I he was a a middle of the road quarterback last year. He was. He had the lowest completion percentage of of all the Big 12 quarterbacks except for the Spencer Sanders kid. Um, you know, 15 touchdowns to six interceptions. Nothing that impressive there. Just ho-hum whenever it comes to yards. I think he had, you know, one of the lower yards per game. I, but all of that said, he's going to be better. It was his first year starting. But that that's just seems incredibly dramatic to me that he very, they expect very, him to be a first rounder. Dr- well, I, it, how many like we, how many we've seen years where five or six quarterbacks could be taken in the first round of the NFL draft? You know, so yeah. like Christian Ponder's been selected in the first round. Blaine Gabbert. I I I think we all understand what they're trying to say there, but sometimes just because you're a first round quarterback doesn't mean you're necessarily an elite talent. But since we're throwing out overreactions, I'll um, I'll throw one out in overreaction for OU in a positive way. And remember, this is an overreaction. Safety will be one of the best positions in all of the Big 12, OU safeties. And by one of the best, I mean top three position group in the Big 12 next year. Is that too hot? Is that too much of an overreaction? Um, Do I need to group the entire secondary together, or can I just roll with safety? You can roll with safety. My question to you is, do you even know? Not necessarily both starters are going to be. No, I don't think that they know that either. That's what you're asking. But whoever that other starter is, I'm probably going to feel pretty good about it. 
Right. I guess it's Reggie Pearson, and if that's the case, that's that's fine. I mean, but they got options there out, uh, outside of uh, Bowman. Right. Hmm. Uh. Yeah. I. I think that could be the case. Here's the problem you run into with that. Almost always, like the the big view of whether it's corner, whether it's safety whether it's nickel, any secondary position, most people only judge it on how many interceptions a guy has on whether or not he had a good year. Yeah, and how many deep balls, I guess, they gave up. I mean, but yeah, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much – that's that's right most of the time, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, overreaction from the text line. Ooh, I like this. Let's go. From the 903, overreaction, OU will have the best defense in the Big 12. Who uh, who's in consideration for that? I Iowa guess State. Iowa State is the first that you mentioned. Kansas State, I, I guess. If we're just going statistically, do we throw I, Texas in there or no? If you want to go off scoring D, um, yeah. Last year it went it broke down like this: Iowa State was one, Texas was two, Kansas State was three, and they were all. You know, as far as scoring D, pretty far ahead of everyone else. Texas gave up um, 21. Was this conference only or is that? I mean, I, I would say Iowa State's in it. Kansas State, Texas. And, I mean, it's hard to put Oklahoma in it. We were, like, Eighth last year. That's why it's an overreaction. They said overreaction. OU will have the best defense in the Big 12. It is definitely an overreaction right now. That's what well, this is all about. Here's the here's one of the things. I, they could have the best defense next year and not statistically have the best defense last year or next year because like a lot of it has to do with how good your offense is. And if our offense is really good, our defensive numbers are going to struggle a little bit. Like Iowa State's numbers are great. But their offense was so bad last year. Offense Whoa. is terrible. That's right. So you play in these lower possession games where your offense you turn into this playing keep away a little bit from from the other team. So I don't know. We'll see how it unfolds. I can promise you that if we don't win ten games, it's not because of our wide receiver core. LOL. Defense, defense, defense. That's from the four oh five on the text line. Yeah. I mean, it could definitely be a contributing factor. Would it be the number one reason? I would probably guess. Yeah, I, I would probably agree with that. If OU's nine and three or worse, probably not we gave because up, of wide receiver alone. Uh, in total defense, as far as overall, um, all games, not just conference games and yards per game, we gave up nearly two hundred yards a game more than Iowa State. Jeez, they were first, we were last. God. That's, they gave up. That's sobering. They gave up 302. We gave up 496. And then the two teams played, and what, you beat them by two scores? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, overreaction, OU will have a top 100 defense. Laughing face emoji. Shoot, if we don't win 10, people will call for Brent's head. This one from the 918, overreaction, Dylan Gabriel finishes top five Heisman. Yeah. We're going to have to have something happen at wide out. I agree. Like we we, we got to have something happen at wide out with that with the overreaction for Oklahoma. Like 
I mean, I, I think everything is good there aside from I, – I think we've got enough talent in that that position group that we should be able to develop and have someone break out and be a star. If not, like that's just it's just yeah. a problem. Well, I, I guess the good news too is they're going to have to win some individual one-on-one matchups. Like there's a, they're going to have to be good. I the, the scheme they're going to scheme a lot of guys open down the field this year. Now they did that last year and they couldn't make the layups at times, but they'll be able to scheme guys open down the field. I, at least I think because they did it a year ago. You know what's crazy is. We were last in yards per game defensively. We were first in yards per game offensively. I is as bad of a year as as everything was, right? It it was just it was still the best in the conference. It's crazy. Sure didn't feel like it. I know. Sure didn't feel like it. Uh, let's hit a few more texts. We'll hit a break. Heisman more likely to be QB2 at the end of the year. This one for no, the 918s. Overreaction, we win the national championship from the 405. Overreaction, a national media member says Texas might have a bad season. That's the craziest take of them all. <laughs> craziest take. I haven't seen that uh, one yet. That's funny. Hey, yeah, and hey, the, the, the take about being QB2 by the end of the season, I think that there's a possibility of that. I'm not saying it's a high possibility. It's a low. It's it's low. I still put it at 10%, but it's there. And I don't know if it ends up being a good thing or bad thing because a lot of times if if we resorted to that, then things have really flown, uh, flown off the rails. So I don't know. We'll see. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. Stay tuned. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. The Showplace Theater is back at Riverwind and with some of the best acts around. Like Earth, Wind & Fire, June 23rd. Collective Soul, July 21st. Josh Turner, July 20. It's tough. I've I've never had a season like that probably in my, my whole lifetime. And at least playing sports. And uh, it's hard because you, you build up hope throughout the season, you know, and you, you win a game and you're building, mm-hmm. you know, building off that. And then you lose a close one. Yeah. And it's like, it's a tough feeling. But the guys stuck together. That's That was probably the also most difficult part is you got someone you believe in. You, know, you got great coaches in the facility. You got great people that want to see us succeed. And it's like, when you have that, it's difficult because it's like yeah. if it was the other way around, nobody would care. And it's like, yeah, you know, you're all fending for yourself, but everyone's sticking together and kind of like, you know, ran this thing out together, which was, you know, tough to see. There's more from uh, Dylan Gabriel on the morale last season. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. To the text line we go. A lot of people got a lot of opinions on Dylan Gabriel. Go figure. Gabriel is definitely an above-average quarterback. Over-the-top criticisms are out of control and clueless. If he is replaced as the starter, that only means the season has crashed and the Wolves will be howling at BV's door. That's Mike and Edmund. And I'll read one more from the 4-3-0. I'll take that 10%, Teddy. 
Heisman finalist in less than that. Love the show, guys. Boomer. Oh, hang on a second. Heisman finalist in less than what? Heisman finalist is less than that. Less so than 10%? I'll, I'll take the 10%. Okay, I think what it's saying is I'll take the 10% on Jackson Arnold being the starter. I don't think that Gabriel's Heisman finalist or likelihood is that high. That's what I think. I don't know. Like, who were all the Heisman finalists last year? Can Gosh, you remember off the top of your head? C.J. Stroud was a Heisman finalist last year, right? Um, yeah. I led to believe that Quinn Ewers was a Heisman finalist last year with the way that he's being talked about this offseason. Uh, uh, I, I would say Caleb that I Williams, believe- Stetson Bennett, C.J. Stroud, and Max Duggan were the, were the finalists. Yeah. I would say that I, as of right now, would call it very unlikely um, that Dylan Gabriel wins a Heisman. Pretty unlikely that he's a finalist, but I'm not going to say it's out of the question. Just just like I pointed out a minute ago, as, as bad as we all agree that it was, and he even said himself, uh, totally average, still had the best offense in, in the Big 12, and he didn't play in two games or one in three quarters or one and a half, however many it was. So um, I, I believe it's it's not going to take a whole lot for him to have a much better year than he had a year ago. Does that give him get him into a Heisman situation? I don't know. It's It would take a lot. And, you know, the fact is, we've talked about this, he's got some limitations. He does. Uh, totally unrelated, but it's hitting the wire right now, and he's already apologized for it, released a statement. You keeping up with all this Bob Huggins stuff that's coming out? No. So I don't know if this was today, but if it wasn't today, he was recently on a radio show in Cincinnati, and he called Xavier fans on the radio interview Catholic blanks, and blank starts with an F. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. Uh, his statement says, I used a completely insensitive and abhor- uh, phrase that there is simply no excuse for, and I won't try and make one here. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, That's it was, wild. It was earlier today is when he said that. I, Xavier was a rival, a rival of his when he was at Cincinnati, the Crosstown rival. They asked him about it, and that's what he said. So, okay. Statement yeah, was well, a lot longer than that, but that's the that's the short of it. Um, I, I don't know. I Someone guess farts is the uh, word I was trying to know. Not exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it was someone like asking for an apology or is this just. I, the audio was tweeted out from awful announcing, and you know how that goes. It caught fire pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, you just got to be really careful. I, I don't know what else to say Bob, about it. I mean, Huggy's done, I would think, hundreds of radio interviews over the year, and not that he's a politically correct guy or really cares about slipping up on the air, but I thought that he would probably know that uh, – Throwing an F bomb is a FCC violation, but oh well. Yeah, maybe well, it's not the first time he's done that. Uh, 
I don't know. I, I think it is it's clearly not something he, he, he should have done. But I often feel like it's a quick rush to, as almost a – Almost a gotcha, you know? Oh, it definitely is. Yeah. So that happened last week in one instance. Yeah. So I don't know. I it just you just gotta be careful. Patrick we'll says Bob Huggins equals Bobby Knight. I I don't think anyone's in the uh Bobby Knight's category. <laughs> right. Until Bob Huggins puts out a fifteen minute video on YouTube where after every bad golf shot he throws out four F bombs at a time. I'm not going to consider him Bobby Knight, not just yet. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I I didn't hear it. I don't know the context of it. Not suggesting that it even matters, but I don't know. Uh, Marietta Sooner says, it may, it may be just me, but when you all use the initials DG, I have to remember y'all are talking about Dylan Gabriel. I don't think he's played well enough for a nickname. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Are initials a nickname? Not really. Well, kind of. In the case of Jackson Arnold, I guess it is. Yeah. Because there's an F in the middle of his J and A. But DG, I mean, not really. I mean, Dime Time is his nickname, right? Yeah. I, I don't think an abbreviation qualifies as a nickname. Sometimes you just have to find a... A quicker way to get someone's name out, and DG comes out really quickly, to the point. Uh, I guess not everyone knows. Yeah, it's not one that you know exactly who you're talking about right away. I think most people do with DG, but you know, you know my my rule of thumb. If my wife doesn't know it, like you're not a star. And if I said DG, my wife would have no idea who I'm talking about. D and Choctaw Teddy is still trying to figure out who Bob Huggins is. Oh, I think he actually know who uh, Huggy Bear is. Yeah. Surely, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> there's, some, there's some very good text right now. Some people are trying to figure out what the uh, F word I was talking about was that couldn't say it. Fish is on here. A lot of others. But ba- back to the nickname thing. Did, Friendly Catholics. Yes. Did uh, did Heupel have a nickname with the fan base when he was here? And all he did was win a championship. I'm sure you guys called him Hype, but I think everyone just called him Hypel at the time. Yeah, I don't think he did. Same thing with Jason White. I mean, maybe some of the fans said Jay White, but that was probably a, more of a you guy thing. Sammy B developed later on in his career. Um, Baker didn't really have one unless it was Bake. I guess the yeah. quarterback nicknames haven't really been as much of a thing as I initially thought. Did Kyler? K one, I mean, but I mean that's kind of going to first initial or first letter and then number. Not too creative there. And that's really that was really just like a that's like a Twitter handle or something. I don't think yeah. anyone called yeah. him K one. Maybe they did, I don't know. Golly, what's the most creative quarterback nickname we've had in the past twenty five years? Well, you're going to – the most creative, you're going to have to find one first other than the belldozer. Oh, okay. Well, it's oh, – there you go. You, you've stumbled upon the correct answer. Nice job. Is there even another one out there? Um, 
Jalen Hurts was the Alabama transfer for a while. Does that count? <laughs> uh, yeah, that counts. Jason White was no knees. You guys did not call him that. Stop. Oh, cripple. Yeah. Doug Miles, I don't believe Steve Sarkeesian has done enough to warrant his little nickname either. Sark or Psycho, Doug? Because it may be Psycho <laughs> after what we saw in the uh, Alamo Bowl last year. Uh, are there any, like, we need to do, like, an inventory for nicknames on the current roster. Well, Pitbull, I mean, there's a lot of these freshmen that already have some. Seatbelt is Macari Vickers. He came in with that. Pitbull is uh, Josiah Wagner. He, I guess he earned that yeah. one this year. Okay. Um, I mean, PJ is just kind of PJ up to this point. but Big Cat. Yeah. JFA is there. There's, there's several. I don't know if I like yeah. that. Actually, I don't think I do. <laughs> <laughs> what, that it's freshman? Well, yeah, I, that they haven't. I, I, I like you have to earn the nickname before that you roll in. That's that's well, just me though. Big Cat's a senior that qualifies. Justin Harrington. Um, does Bowman have one? Not well. Jada's boyfriend. That's what most people <laughs> call him. I nicknamed uh, Nick Evers. Nick says Zane. Um, Brad from Bartlesville. What about the Belldozer? Yeah, that's the that's the yep. winner. Best quarterback nickname is General Booty, says a texture in the 7 yeah. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Okay, we got to hit a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit a couple of things that caught my eye next. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. While serving in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. They didn't think I was going to make it. I'm LaToya Lucas. And I'm a veteran. I had to learn to live with the scars, both visible and invisible. Alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives. West Yalagosny Law is bringing you what caught Teddy's eye. When you call a law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer at WIG? Communication is a priority. West Yalagosny Law, 405-800-8080. That's 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Well, really interesting here. Uh, I just saw this come across not too long ago. Iowa State. Is uh, has has put out a statement that they're working with the uh, NCAA um, gambling allegations with up to 15 athletes, football, wrestling, Jeez. and track. Now that comes on the hills of Iowa baseball. Oh yeah, some type of gambling situation, and then we had the Alabama situation even before that. Um, don't know what's going on here, but the obvious joke is all the Iowa State and Iowa uh, athletes are betting the unders in uh, all of their games <laughs> that, everywhere. That may be the obvious joke, but it's still funny. <laughs> so, you know, this is interesting. I, I I don't know exactly what's behind all of these things, and maybe it's out there. I just kind of saw, saw the statement in response. Um you know, as access becomes easier and easier and, you know, kids that 
you know, have phones and apps and can click on a phone. And if they're in a state where you can do it and click in a bet, it's it's really hard to police. It's, I don't know. Do we have a major problem on our hands brewing, Tyler? Uh, I hope so. I hope that's the excuse. Even though that gambling is not legal in the state, hopefully that's the excuse for the uh, six and seven year last season. Would that make you feel a whole lot better? Uh, yeah. If the, ga- if the gambling thing came out, it's like, oh, yeah, 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 that's why. Okay. No. I was really worried about the West Virginia loss. Right. Um, yeah, it's just, it's wild. We're having all this stuff come out. Maybe it's coincidence that we're we're having these incidents all kind of packed together. But no, no, no. Something to keep your eye on. Only other thing I had was uh, Jalen Carter, who uh, just went number nine overall to the uh the eagles he's not in football shape and is battling weight issues boy Uh oh i i don't even know if they've cleaned up after the uh the draft there in kansas city and we're already talking about weight issues that's not a good deal for a top 10 pick well, it's a, it's a really bad deal for a top yeah. ten pick. I mean, already we're talking about weight issues. I mean, we've seen this a uh, a few times in sports where we said, ooh, weight's going to be an issue for that guy, and it never really turns out that well, seemingly. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, first, Bronny James, LeBron, Je- oh, yeah. LeBron James' son, commits to USC, which means USC's title odds for this year. Uh, change from 40 to 1 pre commitment to 33 to 1 post commitment. So, Bronny James moving the uh, line for USC in their uh, national championship odds. So, we'll see how uh, Bronny James can do out there at USC before, uh, before the season starts here. But no, they're, they're supposed to have a pretty nice roster, not thought of as a top five or top 10 team or anything like that. But you know, when Bronny gets to USC, there's going to be a lot of games on national television this year. Yeah. Well, you know, and I don't know anything about him, really. I know other than that he's LeBron James some, which seems like that's why he's gotten the majority of the attention that he's gotten. But uh, there's got to be some real talent there. We'll see. The pressure's going to be on. A lot of people are going to have their eyes on him. Let's, let's see what he's got. This weekend showed us that love is not dead, Teddy. Love is not dead. Huh. Coach O got engaged. He had a uh, divorce, I mean, kind of immediately after LSU won the national championship in 2019. But he is engaged once again, and there was an unconfirmed reporting that Coach O was at the Taylor Swift concert this weekend. So all is going, buyout life is treating him well. Yeah, yeah, good for Coach O. How about that? Congratulations on uh, both, on going to the – Taylor Swift concert and getting engaged. Unconfirmed reports that he still runs around town shirtless whenever he, he uh, gets <laughs> Was he shirtless at the concert? Oh, I don't I don't doubt it, man. I don't doubt it. So this was from Saturday. I don't know what either two teams did on, on Sunday. It doesn't really matter. So Ole Miss won the national championship in college baseball last year. Yeah, and then Mississippi right. State won the national championship in 2021. Um Ole Miss and Mississippi State, if the season ended on Saturday, they would both miss the SEC tournament. In fact, Mississippi State is just 50-51. and Since since winning the national championship, they're under 500 and will likely miss the postseason for the second consecutive year. Ole Miss won it last year, and they were 25-23 and 
6-18 in SEC play, most likely to miss the postseason going into Saturday. Talk about not uh, taking advantage of the opportunity there. Yeah. Uh, would you say 23-21? and 21? For uh, uh, Ole Miss? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's what I said. Uh, 25 and 23, I think we uh, they're two games above 500. I think we are like one or two games below 500, right there close to it. Um, that's your two championship teams from uh, from a year ago. Now we got a good chance to get in, right? I, I know Skip was saying that maybe a three seed, but you know they lost two of the three against West Virginia. I don't, I'm not sure how that affects them. Um. Hold on, I just lost my other story. I guess Greg Hardy <laughs> said in an interview that after his post-NFL career, like he pivoted to MMA in 2016, then he was arrested in Dallas for possession yeah. of cocaine and a, a lot of other stuff, I think. He said that he was working at Walmart in his post-NFL career, but now I'm looking at another story said that he was just trolling. So I, I guess he was uh, saying that, hey, I'm working at Walmart now, post-NFL career to make everyone feel sorry for him. Surely no one felt sorry for Greg Hardy. I guess that was just a giant troll, though. That is, that's actually not happening. So, I, Well, I was going to say, I have a feeling a guy that uh, has the drug history and weapons history that he has isn't going to settle for a greeter at Walmart. Uh, probably get into some illegal uh, arrangements to make money. I told you on Friday that I was going to bet on two fills. For the Kentucky yeah. Derby because, oh, come on, Phil, we, one of our favorite um, sound drops that we play. That's right. Well, he almost won. He lost by a length. So I hope no other members of the Ref Army bet on two fills either. I know. It's a it. heartbreaker. Uh, that was fun, though. Like, all of that kind of – that and then softball was all getting rolling right there at the same time. A lot of fun stuff going on on Saturday. Uh, one more thing that I will read here. So it's a reminder to go vote in Norman tomorrow. And it's what it is is a guest tax hotel motel increase. It would raise more dollars for tourism, the arts, parks and rec. It would allow the formation of a sports commission to recruit tournaments and events to Norman. It is a win-win, and Norman residents are exempt from this tax. So... Basically, ah. the uh, the guest tax, the hotel motel increase, you can bet on, or you bet on it. You can vote on that tomorrow in Norman. Let's basically tax all these Arkansas, Auburn, Alabama, and AM fans that are soon coming to Norman. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Um, is that how is that like a common thing that most places have? I'm I, guessing. Yeah, I went to a. Um, Norman Chamber of Commerce meeting, and there was something similar to like that in Tuscaloosa, I think, and they've really benefited off of it. So with more tourism coming into town, it seems like a pretty good idea. But Norman residents are exempt from this tax, so there's that. That's good, yeah. Um, I'll stow that opinion. I I was just told to read it, okay? No, I know. But here's my thing. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not against that. I think it's fine. But you know a way to, to even do better is to have an arena where you can have even more events and more things to where people would come back in. And 
Uh, well, they, they, they are doing that. That's also up for the vote tomorrow. Um, you can vote on a toll road from Goldsby to Norman, or Goldsby to anywhere, and that's that's where the money's going to go to. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> All right, quick time that's out. That's a More joke, guys. I know. If, uh, not everyone caught that, please. Don't report that. More from the rush coming up. We will wrap up our number two next. I'm hanging out here at Newcastle Casino. We'll be back. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. When the game is on the line, you need a team that you can count on. When injuries occur, you can count on the one team that knows sports medicine. Norman Region. The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you the sour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, $90.6 million. I'll repeat, $90.6 million. That's how much Power 5 schools paid in buyout money for football coaches in the fiscal year of 2021 to 2022. $90.6 million just for football coaches, just for Power 5 schools. Wow. Man, good time to be a college football head coach. uh, Isn't that about the number outstanding on Jimbo Fisher's (laughs) contract? It's about half of it is what it feels Uh, like. Um. And most of that was probably to just a handful of, of coaches that had Seriously, yeah. multiple years left. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. I'm sure Coach I, O, who we just talked about, may fall into that one, which some are saying that they really want to go to Coach O's bachelor party. Can't imagine what a wild ride that would be. Well, it's hadn't that been like the last 40 years? Isn't that what that's been? I think he uh, lives his life like a bachelor party, yeah. you know? I'm just fascinated by – how college football coaches' contracts work. I'm, I'm just shocked that – I don't know how, how and when coaches began uh, pulling this over. One? Who was the first on, one to do this? I don't know. But the fact that athletic directors are willing to guarantee and pay someone for an extended – term even if like they don't hold up their end of the bargain on on like results it's crazy if you've got a five-year contract and you don't have a winning season after three years and they decide to move on i i think it's yeah crazy that you get paid for the remaining it, it is, especially because it's the top jobs that are given this much buyout money. And I just don't think you'd have to go about it that way because there's several candidates that you could get to those top jobs. Yeah, I mean, you it's have hard, your though. top I, target, I understand, but, man. The only way that you could eliminate that is legislation, but no one cares about it because it's, uh, at least to my knowledge, it's, it's not the schools that are end up footing the bill. It's the, uh, you know, the donors of these programs. Like you got to go talk to everyone before you make that decision to fire and hire, so you can come up with a massive pot of money. I I think it is insanely wasteful that that's uh, how all that works. But that's the nature of the beast. All right, quick timeout. We got the final hour of the rush coming up next. 1400 AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City, and 99.3 FM, K25 